Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about a movie that's about going real fast and has steam as a family. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> on this podcast, we talk about games. And this is a movie about games, I guess. So... Here we go. This is not a Fast and the Furious review as much as I fucking wish it was. <laughs> this is a Sonic 2 review, which, uh, you know, yeah. weirdly, Sonic, the Sonic movies might be the best video game adaptation movies, which is... Uh, I, I Yeah, oh, God, I knew we were going to get here. Okay, let's go. Uh, the Sonic movies are the best video game adaptations. So I, have, I haven't seen... Uh, oh, Uncharted? Yeah, Uncharted. I also have not seen Uncharted. Yeah, so just to update everybody with where we stand, the last place that we left off was in in our saga. So on the podcast, we've been watching every video game movie, right? And the last place we left off is we both agreed that Detective Pikachu was the best video game movie, right? Um, and, uh, and I'm in the camp that if Detective Pikachu is the best, Sonic 2 is now the best. Sonic 2 is better than Detective Pikachu. But it's just like... Boy, is are these video game movies going in a fucking direction I did not anticipate, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting because what what else? Like the one that pops in my head is the the Assassin's Creed movie, which was oh, yeah. god awful. <laughs> um, I I like I mean you know yeah it was awful, but I also liked it despite that. I think the best serious video game movie has been Warcraft, which I also go to bat for quite quite mm. often. But Warcraft like Detective Pikachu and Sonic, none of these have ever really been good, right? They have always kind of been the best. Yeah. I have a lot of problems with Sonic 2. I had a lot of problems with Detective Pikachu. I had a lot of problems with Warcraft. Um, but they are all, you know, sort of these, these like, middleweight contenders that can't really break into the upper echelons because it feels like... Um, I don't know. I guess it just, I just it just feels like none of them ever really nail the, the like, all aspects of the thing at once, right? Actually, okay, this might be a good jumping off point. The, it, it is hard to make a good video game movie, it seems, because the act of playing a video game is so, so different, right, to watching a movie on screen, right? And I think there are video game movies that have successfully kind of translated the story... But they don't work as they don't work as game movies, right? Right. Because they don't give you that feeling, you know, like like they like, don't recreate the simulacrum of playing a video game for you, right? Um, and this is something that makes Sonic unique because Sonic does do that in Sonic the Hedgehog two specifically. It was the most I'd ever seen a video game movie try and be a video game. And succeed at that thing. Interesting. We'll have to explore that in a, in a minute. Because I, I think I generally agree with you, right? Like, I think, you know, Warcraft could have been a fantasy movie, not about a video game IP. Um, yeah. And it would have been, it, you know, and it would have been what it was on those merits. Um, I think that's kind of what you have to do because, like, you just can't. Like, I think Doom, which was before the podcast existed, had, like, a first-person segment to it. Yep. Um, the other movie popping into my head that that purports to be about video games, or the two of them, is uh, Free Guy and uh, the very beginning part of Matrix Three, um, which kind of like apparently we're the only two people in the world who didn't like Free Guy. 
Um, or maybe that's not true, but like I have like from like normies and like normie podcasts I listen to, everybody's like, "Free guy was so charming." I watched it with my daughter, and it was a oh great bonding experience. Kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe that's just the case where we were too close to the source material. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, um, but I, I, I think you're, I think you're ultimately right. I think this is interesting because I think Uncharted was relatively well reviewed, but I think you could make an argument that the Uncharted games were like, mo- like somewhere between a movie and a game in the first place, right? They're very set piece. They're very scripted. Um, you're very much kind of like going through a particular set of motions, um, not that I've yeah, played I mean, Uncharted Denny has for- this copy of a copy thing where Uncharted, the game series, is aping Indiana Jones, Jones yeah. which is aping, you know, adventure serials from the 30s and 40s, right? And so now you have adventure serials in the 30s and 40s become Indiana Jones, become Uncharted the game, become Uncharted the movie. Um, and my understanding is it's not well-reviewed. It has a 41% of Rotten okay. Tomatoes. Uh, and most people I, I saw talking about it, like film Twitter people, um, kind of laughed at it i guess um but i also i i never saw it and i have no i have no filter for you know for the uncharted i've never played the uncharted games right so um that one is very tough to 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 parse i guess yeah i mean the the only other the only big entry kind of like as like a genre i can think of are like the fighting game movies which just kind of play out like like fighting tournament movies of which there are several right like um street fighter or all those but not only that but like you know rocky is a movie about a fight you know about a boxing match yeah um that is not based on a video game but like it it, it, they parallel a genre an existing genre of movie or kind of like fiction that they can successfully insert themselves into they basically get away with that by like doing the stock thing with the characters you recognize and then some cheeky homages or you know references to, to the literal video game material Yeah, if they made a midnight club street racing video and or a movie and they made it exactly like a fast and the furious movie because that's like a you know that's obviously a racing yeah. game you it's the same effect right yeah it exactly. just slots so neatly into an already established movie genre um that it that it would that it would be perfectly you know perfectly fine kind of thing um so but yeah. you know yeah all right, but let's let's get into this movie specifically. Before oh, we boy. hit the spoiler warning, what were your thoughts on Sonic 2? I waffled so hard on Sonic 2. My first thought was I was like, oh, this reminds me of Real Steel. Real Steel, do you, did you ever see that movie from 2011? I feel like Hugh I... Jackman. I think I watched fighting robots. robots. I think yeah, I saw yeah, it yeah. on an airplane. Yeah, Real Steel. So I love Real Steel, and I love it for a very specific reason. It is... The kind of movie that I saw when I, you know, came out when I was like 20 or 21 or something, um, but that I know that if I saw that as a kid, I would have gone fucking apeshit for it, right? And so it's always kind of served as this barometer for me for like, what is a good kid's movie? Well, here's Real Steel, plus or minus Real Steel, basically, right? Um, and at first I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. I, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing Right, in the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, I think it's like, okay, here's this medium setup. Sure, I can see how this setup for a movie would be would be a cool movie. And then it starts dipping again because the movie is just making these absolutely batshit, like fucking buck wild decisions. Like every, like, once you get into the sort of the second act, 
the movie is just making these incredibly weird decisions every few minutes, and I they, and they and they're coming out of fucking nowhere. And you're just like, what? Wait, we're in Ru Russia now. There's uh. Who, why are we doing this whole thing with the bride? You know what I mean? It's just like the weirdest shit. Um, and this is dragging me down. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is not actually a good movie. Maybe this movie is just like fucking terrible and and awful. But like all throughout, there's just scenes of good, of, of I guess good action is really what I want to describe. It's not good action in the traditional sense, right? Like a thrilling fight scene where I'm not sure who's going to win, but it is good action in the sense of it being a video game movie, putting me in that feeling of, oh, I know what it's like to play a Sonic game, right? This is a Sonic game that is playing out before my eyes. Um, and as you get closer and closer to the climax, more and more of that stuff is happening until it basically just becomes a Sonic game for the back, you know, 20 minutes of the movie. Um, and I just kind of walked away from it just being like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck just happened, right? Um, anyway, so with all of this is to say that uh, that Sodrick has very high highs and very low lows. It is an incredibly strange film. And on those merits, I recommend it alone, right? If I recommended the first Sonic because Jim Carrey gives such an insane performance that it is worth your time, I'm recommending this Sonic because... The, the way that it, you know, cinematographically telegraphs vid video games to you is legitimately really good, right? Um, even if there is a bunch of weird, just weird stuff in here that I'm just like, how, who wanted this, right? Like, ah. Uh. All right, well, when we get past spoiler break, I'm going to want you to expound on that because I don't know if I follow you, but, you know, I'll give you the chance to do that. My, for my part, I thought this movie was fine. It felt very kids' movie to me. Um, in like, and like a lot of the things, like there are things that like popped out at me that like I know I'm supposed to ignore, right? Like this isn't too much of a spoiler um, uh, because you see it in it's, it's like part of the trailers and you see it like very early in the movie. But what, like the henchman villain from the la from the first movie is running a coffee shop. In the town that was the subject of the first movie, which, like, makes no sense. Why would you set up a coffee shop there? Everybody knows you tried to destroy the town, you know, two years ago or whatever. And, you know, obviously I'm not supposed to think about that, but I do, and it bothered me. Um, not that I put, like, you know, but it's like, you know, children's movie-level logic stuff that, like, it bothered me on kind of, like, a cognizant level, but I also recognize that I shouldn't care about that. And I There is really so much stuff like that. It, it, it completely floored me. I was like, how did you not get rid of this guy? How did you not just, like, toss away all of these, you know, bit characters from the first movie? It's like, no, not only are those characters in here, they're getting fucking character arcs, you guys. You know, I'm just like, what? Who out there was asking for this? <laughs> Especially, oh, especially with the whole wedding arc. I mean, we'll yeah, get that, that was the moment that really went, I could not believe it. I just was like, what the fuck? Is this, an, is this Mad Libs? And you know what it felt like, to be honest? It felt like I was watching uh, an episode of Cruel Show, right? <laughs> it felt like I was watching a sketch comedy improv bit play out on screen in front of me, right? Like, anyway, we'll talk about all that in spoilers. Like, yeah, so, so we'll get there We'll get there pretty quickly. I just want to finish off by saying, like, I thought the movie was fine. Um, if you want to see another Sonic movie, go watch it. I actually thought Jim Carrey was worse in this movie. 
um, than in the first one because it felt it felt like almost he was trying too hard. It, it felt very much to me like how Paul Rudd felt in the second Ant Man and the Wasp, where he was trying to rebottle like the charm of the first movie, but you yep. can't force it. Um, so you know, there's that. But you know, uh, that's a soft recommend for me. Is that like a hard recommend for you? Would say. No, no, it's a soft, soft recommend for me. It is <laughs> only if you. The movie is just so uneven that I that that I would never give this this, this sort of thing a hard recommend. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think that you know there's there's definitely an audience of people out there who are just like like man, if you just want to go have a fun time, watch Sonic go Bing 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 Bing, you know. Yeah, I mean, sure, perfect. For, if perfect you time. if you have a small child. Uh, not that I do, but I would imagine this would be a fun thing to go see with them, especially if we'd like to be a crotchety old man and be like, this is what video games were like in my time. Um, yeah, I also do want to forever. say that I think that the stuff with Sonic and Knuckles is legitimately good, which is, you know, one of the core things in the movie. They have just, they have a good energy. They have a good uh, sort of uh, odd couple vibe that, that I enjoyed, even if, um, you know. So, you know, yeah, I do think Sonic 2 is better than Sonic 1. And I also think it's better than Detective Pikachu uh, for that for, for those reasons. I just think that there's a bunch of stuff in here that I'm just like, what is – why would you do this? That All that drags the movie way down. Yeah, no, I mean, something that just popped into my head is that Sonic is basically a Star-Lord and Knuckles is basically Drax in kind of the, the, the setting of the movie. But anyway, yeah. we're going to hit this um, – we'll hit the spoiler warning now. Spoilers for Sonic and Knuckles 2. I don't think it's actually particularly important because it's more like, you know, the plot is like 95% of what you would expect, except for some of like this nutso stuff we were talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, so like, if you want to be as baffled as we were by some of the things that happened, stop listening now and go watch the movie. So, so okay. So, Password, do you think the movie is better than Detective Pikachu? <sighs> I don't know if I remember Detective Pikachu enough to, to like, like, I think ultimately all these movies are pretty forgettable, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and I will well, say, I mean, yeah, I definitely feel that, uh, some of them are forgettable. Like, I don't remember a specific thing from Mortal Kombat, except that the first five minutes and the back 10 minutes are good, but like, yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I remember, I remember the original Mortal Kombat very clearly, but I've watched that movie so many times. Um, yeah. Uh, but this movie, I will say, is better based solely on fidelity to the canon of the series, right? Like, Detective Pikachu is always kind of like this, like, weird, um, kind of, like, hybrid almost, right? Like, uh, you know, it, it was, like, Pokemon-themed ostensibly, but, like, not really very Pokemon-ish, which is, like, a common movie theme, right? It's, like, how do you, like... Like, there's already the anime for people who want, like, the the quintessential Pokemon experience, right? And, like, you know, Detective Pikachu was about, like, a dead dude spirit, like, possessing a Pikachu detective. Yeah, and right? like, also, the, the thing that I think I dislike about Detective Pikachu in retrospect more than anything else is Ryan Reynolds. I think Ryan Reynolds is over, is so overbearing in that movie that it really brings, drags the whole thing down. Like, um, and... Part of that I, I recognize in comparison, right? So in Sonic and Knuckles, Idris Elba and Ben Schwartz uh, have legit chemistry, right? You know, in that kind of odd – like I said, odd couple vibe, right? Because Knuckles is obviously very you know a, a very serious, driven, 
um, you know, honorable warrior, right? And and Sonic is wacky and fun or whatever. But the thing that it made me think of when I was thinking in terms of Detective Pikachu was how that was also sort of the vibe that Detective Pikachu was trying to get, right? You had, I don't even remember the guy's name, right? The kid who was like, who was like serious and worry wart, right? And then Pikachu who's trying to solve the mystery or whatever. Um, and that's the thing that I think really it like, it kind of comes down to. Though also Pikachu is more even because everything is more even than this movie, which <laughs> plays like, you know, a lie detector test for a guy. For like, it's like, <laughs> you know, it is just, you. it will go f- just completely off the rails at the drop of a hat and then just cut back to something else. And you're just like, what? Yeah. I, yeah. All right. So let's, oh man. How do you how do you want how do you want to go through this? I don't even know how I want to do. It. I, so I do want to talk a little bit about Sonic and Knuckles because I think they're good, right? The thing that works here specifically is the you know is that is that like contrast, and I think part of that, and I swear to God, this is true, but I have no way of proving it. The guy who wrote this definitely definitely watched a lot of teen titans and teen titans go because knuckles is doing the same thing that starfire does he is talking the exact same way that starfire does where you know like he doesn't quite understand the english language and so he's like i am winning at base the ball right which is exactly what starfire does you know she like cracks open these weird words and says things in awkward ways um and I'm just convinced that that was the case because that was the big vibe I, you know, I I got from Knuckles. I was like, holy shit, this is just Starfire, but you know, from Idris Elba's voice. Yeah, no, that that, that makes that makes I I totally totally get that. Um, and also like like these people were like I feel like they were clearly fans of kind of like pop media in general. Like I don't know if you caught it, but Sonic has a parts Parks and Rec callback. Um, yep. Yeah, you, yeah, I saw the the like, worst. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was like then, 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 that is the only moment that I remembered that Sonic was Ben Schwartz, right? Like, yep. like the the actors to their credit disappear into their roles pretty well, right? Like, this did not feel like an Idris Elba specific performance, right? Like, as whereas and Ben Schwartz did not feel like he was being Ben Schwartz as Sonic, right? Like, obviously they bring their talents to the roles, but I did not like. I did not go into this being like, that is the Idris Elba I know and love from the other things I've seen him in, which I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But like, um, and I thought, like, I thought they did excellent jobs, but then, you know, and they have the moments like, you know, like the, 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 the Parks and Rec callback obviously brought that back to my head, but like they, they fit very well into the roles, which um, in contrast to Detective Pikachu, where I always remembered he was Ryan Reynolds, right? Which yeah. might speak to their, their, their style of yeah, acting. Yeah, and part but. of this is also Jim Carrey is, is also sort of this. But, and I do agree with you that he's worse. I think what happened is on the fir- on the set of the first Sonic movie, he was just improving all the time. That's this that's the sense I get. And they just kept a lot of that ad-libbing in the movie, and it all worked, and it was all great. In the second film, it feels like half of the time it's that, and half of the time they wrote it into the script. And Jim Carrey is just not good at naturalistically delivering like lines that were written to be like ad libs, right? And so I think that's overall why why Robotnik is is worse and less fun. He's got he's got good stuff in there, um, yeah. But it kind of takes that A performance down to a B. 
if that makes sense. Yes, I, I, I would absolutely agree with it. They, like, I think, I think, I think you've you've probably nailed it on the head. There were a lot of moments that felt like very fellow kidsy to me, which I think is how you get, or th- that's you get those by kind of trying to write things that were that are supposed to come off as yeah and it's crazy because there will be jokes that land perfectly and i'm like oh that's funny and then immediately thereafter there are jokes that completely fail and i'm just like what how is this happening right like how do you go like bit to bit just that wildly you know like the the one that i think of is there's the moment where knuckles is is climbing back up the cliff and he's about to swear vengeance because of the robots but then he's like oh these are stairs and i legit i thought that was funny i was like that's legitimately good and then he walks up to the stairs and then jim carrey starts flossing yes i was just like god what the fuck you know how is it who did that you know yeah the flossing moment felt very much like Almost like in parallel to like the what are those moments from Black Panther, which I hate so much. Um, yep. Which yep. you know, again, m- maybe this maybe this is me being an old man um, and being like, you kids have bad memes. My memes were good memes, and your memes are bad memes. But uh, you know, <laughs> uh, what are what are our memes? When were our memes good? <laughs> they were never good. Is the secret? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Rage Comics. Yeah, Rage, yeah, co- Rage Comics and, and like early Advice Animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, like the early Advice Animals that all were like one note and and terrible, right? Like awkward penguin or that seal that looked that that looked awkward that everybody made Advice Animals out of. Yeah, like all of those. I feel like all those things suck. Oh uh, yeah, I mean. Oh, man, I, I, I honestly, I think this is kind of like uh, the the kind of like standard nostalgia trap where like ninety percent of everything was bad, and there were but like you remember the good ones, and like this is this is true for I think like almost all media across all time, um, you know where like you know maybe with some exceptions for like the dawn of certain types of media where like you could only like there were only like seven things a year, so they were de facto the best, um, yep. but you know. Uh, that that doesn't particularly apply to to this movie, I don't think. Um, like maybe it does. That it's the best Sonic movie, um, <laughs> uh, the best video game movie, even. Yeah. Um, so the things that so the, th- the the other things that I want to highlight as being good are the the avalanche fight snowboarding sequence, which at first I thought was kind of doofy, but I eventually got into it specifically when kind of Sonic goes airborne and you see that they start doing the thing that you can do in Sonic, you know, okay. So to back this up a second, Sonic games are purported to be about speed, but they're really about momentum, right? Really what Sonic wants you to do is get up to a certain amount of speed, right? And then execute flawlessly in very fast scenarios such that you do not lose your speed, right? So it is really a game about keeping your momentum rather than, you know, about going very fast, essentially. And um, and one of the key things that happens in those Sonic movies, right, is you have the spin dash, right, where Sonic goes into the ball and he sort of hovers for a second and then he dashes and kind of target locks to a thing. And Sonic games will constantly be about spin dashing to go like bang, 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 like bounce through, through a million things like a pinball and kind of move onward. And the first time that really happens in this movie is with uh, Dr. Robotnik's, you know, 
robots following him down this Siberian cliff. How do, how do I even explain this, right? Following him down this Siberian cliff where he jumps off the cliff and he's like, you know, bouncing between all of them. And then he has this, his kind of fight scene with Knuckles, right? Um, and I think that stuff is is really good. It also, by the way, comes back at the very end when there is honestly a, an, just a very well-made shot where Knuckles, Tails, and Sonic are all running through the main street of uh, the, the main street of Green Hills, fighting Doctor Robotnik's robots. Where Sonic is spin dashing and Tails is doing whatever, and Knuckles is punching guys or whatever. And it's like it's kind of it reminded me of the the Avengers uh, shot, right? Where each of them are doing their own specific thing. Like Thor is zapping a guy with lightning, and you know Captain America throws the shield at a guy. What you know whatever, right? Um, and them just kind of like coming together. And I was like, this is also very good, right? This is really good kind of, um, I really hesitate to call it action filmmaking, but it really is what it is. Um, it is action filmmaking in a just completely different way of, of meaning that term. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I agree. It was good. It was it was it, it, um I think it's Sonic Heroes is the name of like the, the 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 game where like you basically play a team it's like usually like a speedster uh, heavy and I forget what the third one's supposed to be but like oh the, my the, god I played so much of this game on the PlayStation two it is Sonic Heroes you are correct I so you know I I have I was hospitalized when I was in middle school because I had like an infected pimple on my chin. Um, and it was like during a snowstorm, so it was there for a couple of days. And they had a GameCube on like a cart, and I played Sonic Heroes the entire time I was there because it was like the best game <laughs> that oh they had. had. Um, but yes, so yeah, I, pl I played a ton of that, even though I didn't think it. Like I, I don't think I think it was supposed to be like a middling Sonic game. I don't know. The Sonic 3D games have been mixed, from what I understand. Yeah, I remember people not liking it, but I always thought it was sweet. Yeah. Is it on Steam? I'm trying to see if it's on Steam because I would actually really like to play it if it is. You probably shouldn't guess and preserve your uh, preserve you your know, you're, you're probably right. Wow, I guess it's not on Steam, huh? I see I see a lot of the old Sonic games on here, but I don't see Sonic Heroes. Man, what a bummer. Yep. Um uh, but yeah, that was that was what it evoked for me. Um and uh I, I think I generally uh uh, agree with you on on most of those points, but like, it seems it seems like the the people who wrote like the overarching plot structure. I don't want to like this is gonna sound harsh, but didn't care. I think they assumed that like kids wouldn't care about like you know the logical like A to B plotting points. They just cared about like seeing cool stuff, which is probably fair. Um, like. Because, like, the wedding part happens right after the Siberia thing because, you know, Sonic gets gets uh, human the human character, who I can't remember his, his name, uh, the sheriff, uh, to, throw a, to throw a ring to, some, to get him out of Siberia because he has lost all of his rings. Which, mm -hmm. another thing that I've been setting at the back of my mind is, like, is he just out of rings? Like, does he... he they don't replenish, right? Like, they're just there for... Yeah, they fall out of this, out of the satchel. He never gets them back, but they do use rings later. Yeah. In the movie, in other spots, so... 
Yeah, I mean, it's clearly a plot contrivance. Like, one, yeah. to have, like, the rings go flying everywhere thing, which is a, a reference to the uh, to, to the games. And also to have, um, you know, uh, to, to have Professor, or, you know, to have Sheriff Man summon Sonic to the wedding, where the wedding is, a, is immediately revealed to be a ruse entirely to entrap Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, this is the part. At first, the wedding, I thought, was... Oh, they're writing out their human characters, right? Yes. So they wrote the human characters in. Um, they didn't want the human characters. People want to see Sonic. They want to see Knuckles. They want to see Robotnik. So they are, you know, just putting the, the, the human characters on the bench for this one. He's going to be in Hawaii the whole time. It's like it's like the Happy Days guy, you know. I think the, the TV trope's name for this is on a bus, you know, you put them on a bus, right? Because they go to a different town and then they never show up again, right? The Happy Days version of this is that someone has a brother who walks upstairs yes. and never features in the in the series ever again, right? Um, and then they kept cutting back to the wedding. And I was like, okay, maybe they're not on the bus. Richie's older brother. Yes, Richie's older brother w walked up, up the stairs and famously... Never featured in the TV show again. It was like he didn't. It was like he didn't even fucking exist. Um, and I was expecting something similar, but then they cut back to the wedding, and Tom is sitting there, and he's like, "Oh, I wish Sonic had that to like." And there's a whole bit where Tom just keeps getting smacked in the face with a volleyball, and I was just like, "Who is this for?" <laughs> right? Like, uh, do they just get a lot of footage? Is the is the Four Seasons on Oahu paying them a lot of money? I was gonna say the they de they definitely were right. Like there were so the many product placement in this movie was horrendous. <laughs> it was some of the worst I have ever seen in my entire life. Right. And I have seen the moment in world war Z, right. Which by the way, what a movie I've seen the moment in world war Z where Brad Pitt figures out the vaccine to the, to the zombie virus and he infects himself with it so that the zombies can't see him anymore. The zombies can't sense him anymore. And the first thing he does is he walks to a vending machine and he smacks it like Fonzie and an ice cold Pepsi drops out. And he just goes like, Hmm. Mm, mm. <laughs> Into the camera. That's it. Well, those, some of the worst product placement I've ever seen. Oh, the Power Rangers movie in in chat. The Power Rangers movie was also like this with Krispy Kreme donuts, and it's just like, wow, it's gotten so much worse. Yeah, so, like. so, Sonic really enjoyed like Sonic needed to like get snacks, so he reaches and gets Oreo things from the yeah. grocery store. <laughs> um, I was I wasn't like I was like, is Sonic gonna steal the Oreo things? Like, no, he pays for it by like. Putting it, putting money down, which I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so and so they constantly mention the four seasons mm. in Oahu. They constantly uh, show. Oh, actually, at the end of the movie, they show the Chevy Colorado or something, right? Just like the the truck, and it looks like I'm watching a car commercial, right? Like it is this perfect, pristine car, or it's like one of the shots in like the Transformers movies where the cars are driving and you're like, yeah, you know that General Motors like paid, you know, a million dollars to get that shot in the fucking movie, right? And there was just a million of those. It, was, it happened so many times. Yes, but, uh, but you know, I don't think the, 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 normally the government, like, like the federal government will pay money to like when military, um, or no, it's, it's generally kind of like they're, they're, they will like let you use the military equipment, but there's some sort of like, 
vaguely propagandistic thing that happens. I think this happened a lot in the early Transformers movies that has gradually been phased out in ter- for, like, Chinese money for much of the same thing. Um, um, but the military here is a bunch of, you know, a bunch of incompetent clowns. Um, uh, like you said, the, the, the volleyball scene seemed, like, weirdly mostly about, like, showing off a bunch of guys that are very muscular, like... Yep. Is that like mom bait, baby? <laughs> like that was that was like the, the only thing I could think of. Um, yep. And then there is when they it is revealed. And by the way, so I want to explain a bit that yeah, happens in. I want to explain a bit that happens in Kroll Show that I could not get out of my mind. There's a lot of weird Kroll Show references, by the way, in here that I want to just take a minute to unpack for the one person in our audience who fucking cares. Okay. So, the plot point of she is in a sham wedding. Right. That is a is the final episode of the first season of Coral Show is called You Got Namdi. Do you know who Namdi Asimwa is? No. He, he was a, he was like a quarter. He's like a famous football player, like a quarterback. And the plot of the episode is that one of the characters. So for for anyone who doesn't know, Coral Show is a sketch comedy show, and all of the sketch comedy shows are fake reality TV shows, right? One of the shows is called Publicity. It's based off their names where where Jenny Slate and Nick Kroll and Drag play two Beverly Hills uh, publicists named Liz and Liz. And the episode is Nick Kroll's version of Liz, who's called Beefy Liz, by the way. (laughs) She is now engaged to be married to Namdi Asimwa, this, this football player, right? Um, and the other list is like, how did this happen? How did he, you're so, you are so ugly, but whatever. And they go for it. And then the whole wedding turns out to be yet another reality show called You Got Namdi, right? Which is Namdi Asimov's prank show, a la Punked from Ashton Kutcher, right? And I swear to God, the way in which it plays out in Kroll Show could be mirrored, like, shot for shot, the sham wedding playing out in, in the Sonic the Hedgehog. And I'm like, did they watch this? Did, are they taking notes to the first <laughs> season of fucking Kroll Show for how to structure the fact that Rachel is so devastated that... You know, like her wedding was a scam. And then it becomes an action set piece where she almost runs over the guy in a golf cart. And then he later takes a metaphorical bullet. And I'm just like, what is going on here? Who cares? Who was like, oh, yes, the bit, you know, angry black woman from the first movie actually has to have this subplot where, you know, she falls in love with her fake fiance and he actually reciprocates the feelings because he feels bad about deceiving her. And it's just like, what the fuck? This is such a fever dream. I don't understand. (laughs) Along with all, like, the implications that go along with that, right? Mm -hmm. But, like... Um, and to be fair, to be or to be fair to that character, I guess, uh, <laughs> which is like, who it, are you fair to? <laughs> who needs to be? <laughs> well, you said you said he reciprocates the feelings because he feels bad, and you know, canonically, it's because he actually felt. You know, I, I broke the one rule of undercover work: never fell in love. That's I'm true. sure there are more rules. I'm pretty sure rule number one of undercover work is don't say that you're an undercover fucking agent, Randall. But yeah, I guess don't fall in love is important as well. 
<laughs> Can you imagine him in his in the meeting with like that old white guy? It's like, all right, there's only one rule. Okay, tell me what it is. Never fall in love. Wait, there's not a rule to like protect the secret. I don't have to. I don't have to not tell them that I'm a spy. No, you can tell them you're a spy. Just don't fall in love. Like, well, I don't even understand. Yeah. Honestly, the shot itself was also hilarious to me. And I was like, "There, this is a bit, right? They're doing a bit because the bride is driving the golf cart. It says just married, right? She's yelling at the top of her lungs. Randall jumps out of the way. Right. And then she slides the, she like does a power slide with the golf cart, steps out of it as it rolls behind her and explodes into like the bridal, you know, like the, the marriage trellis or whatever. And then it cuts to two different care, like camera angles of the same explosion. So that it's like the typical action movie thing of the, the cool person walking it's away from the explosion. explosion. But it's a, you know, it's, it's a bridezilla, a black lady in a bride, in a, in a, in a in a in a wedding dress, and I was just like, I don't understand. I like, was that a joke? Was that ser was that serious? What? Who wanted that? Who asked for that? Right? Uh, <laughs> All the service like a vaguely like a, a vaguely consequential like a third act turn, right? Like we already have the problem that like Robotnik and Knuckles have the, you know, the, the secret compass. And this just, like, puts another roadblock in the way. Uh, to bring back the villain from the first movie that, like, you know, honestly, I will say they got me. I was not expecting that at all. I was not expecting, you know, general fuck-up to, to show up again, right? And he has some pretty good, like, you know, honestly, one of, the, one of my favorite jokes, which is, like, a very much, like, made-for-adults joke in a kid's movie, is, like, you're done, Robotnik. We've cut your funding, which is like, <laughs> it was like, you know, like so, like so perfect for what they were going for. I just, I, I don't know that that joke. I, I love that fucking joke. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't even know. And then there's also all the stuff with Wade, by the way, like the bumbling sidekick police officer from the first one who by the way also plays a character in Kroll show he plays a character in the degrassi show wheels ontario where he plays a douchebag american because the wheels ontario kids go to the united states to look at colleges <laughs> and he he does like a you know, did you ever do that where you like stayed at the college overnight I don't know if I ever stayed, but I knew that they were things that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so, Mikey, the Canadian character, stays at the water polo dorm, and the guy who plays Wade is the guy who is like the douchebag water polo American jock in that dorm. But he misinterprets the fact that Mikey is polite because he's Canadian to mean that Mikey is gay, and he tries to and he tries to make out with Mikey. Oh, homo milk, yeah. And they're and they're constantly making jokes about like honestly very mean spirited jokes about like like the American like legal system and uh, and how expensive like colleges and everything. It's like oh, so how much do you pay us to go here? And he's like. Oh, no, no, no. You you pay us. And Mikey's like, really? <laughs> in in Canada, we, the, the, you know, the government pays you a stipend because learning is for everyone, right? Like, that's, those are the bits. And I'm just sitting here like, who wanted Wade to have this whole, like, 
extended bit, right? He has two whole bits in the show in the in the movie where he pops up to help Sonic and Tails and then also later goes and captures the bad guy and then gets captured himself in the very end and that doesn't even really seem to matter. I don't know. I was just like I who how, did they really have to get this guy back? <laughs> Could you have let him go maybe? <laughs> He's the goofy guy, and he wears the alarm on his head, and the kids all went, ha ha. I guess. I actually really like him. I I much preferred his bit to the Bridezilla bit, but I don't know. (laughs) What a a There's a whole, there's a fucking dance-off in Siberia. (laughs) I forgot about the dance-off. To your favorite song, everybody knows that you love fucking... Oh, to Uptown <laughs> Funk to Bruno Mars. I cannot believe I forgot about that. Yeah, it, it is not even to Uptown Funk. And they did this all over the movie. They had a million needle drops in this movie that play for 15 seconds and then just move right along. You know what I mean? I was just like, why would you even pay for the rights to this song if you're not going to... If you're not going to use it, I I, I I don't understand. <laughs> oh, man. A fucking, like, this weird fucking Siberian thing where, like, they walk into a room. Oh, just, like. And then, like, a Russian man. They, they're going to throw them into a fire. And then they demand a dance-off to which the Russian folk oblige. Which attracts you. Like, is am I supposed to recognize the Russian man in the jumpsuit? Cause like, the, like it feels like he zooms in on him as kind of like a reveal, right? Like he's gonna turn around. And I, you like, know what I feel like? I feel like he is some guy on TikTok that has a gazillion followers, and they are all eleven-year-olds. Like that's what I bet it is. I uh, maybe like I, I guess I don't. Uh, you 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 might be right there, but then but yeah, he shows up and he's doing his Russian dance which honestly his dance was incredibly cool and also good and then they do this thing with sonic and tails that is laughably dumb and stupid to uptown funk which is a song i like a lot but just like it's not even like the you know it's not even like maybe like the 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 what's it what's the what's the dance movies what are those movies called step up uh or uh, yeah something like that um have you ever seen have you ever seen any of the step up movies uh i don't think so yeah because the step up movies even if they are sort of dumb work right they work because the dances are legitimately well choreographed right and they the, like you get that mounting sense of tension and momentum, right? Because a lot of them, they're all they're almost always about a a dance competition, and so it's one one gang of dancers versus another gang of dancers, right? And you do that thing where the bad guy dancers go first, and their routine is is really sweet and like tight or whatever, right? And then the good guy dancers go, and they're and they're awesome, and they and they and they and they win it or whatever, um, and. That doesn't happen here because the VFX guys doing Sonic and Tails just like they don't they don't seem to exist in the space and the models are so awkward that it doesn't even look like th- they're dancing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So, so I looked this guy up. His name's Shea Kubler, and he is not a TikTok person. I don't think he is. All he does, he's like a a dancer on like like he's credited as like dancer number one on Psych and on one episode of Psych and another dancer in another Cinderella story or dancer in fucking or FBI square dancer number seven in jinxed. And he's like the choreographer for like a couple different minor things. All he is, is like a dancer. He's like, you know, good at him. I guess. Okay. Um, so that makes that seem even more confusing. Cause I thought that was supposed to be a reveal, right? Like he turns around and it's like, you know, it's like, it does like the zoom in on the back of his head as if he's going to turn around. It's going to be like fucking, I don't know. Uh, Sean Connery or something. We're going to be surprised or whatever, but yeah. Uh. But yeah, this is making me want to watch Step Up. I have seen the original Step Up, which features Channing Tatum, but I don't know if any of the other ones feature Channing Tatum. And I remember actually thinking that the first one is kind of pretty good, but like also dumb, but like maybe pretty good. And I sort of wonder if Step Up is secretly like Fast and Furious. And if I watch all of them, I will love them and be like going hard for Step Up lore. <laughs> the Step Up cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, the Step Up cinematic universe. I can't find any of the I, I'm trying to find like any of the the things on like YouTube or whatever just to like w see if I can prove my point by, via YouTube video. But yes, whatever. The fucking Siberia stuff was also completely batshit. It's just like and, and I think the, it, it highlights one of the problems from the movie, which is when the movie is doing stuff with Ch Sonic Tails and Knuckles, it's all fine because they are all kind of like I don't, I don't want to say equivalent, but like they're consistent. They have the same the, aesthetic. Yeah. Right. But when you have lots of interaction between the three of them and normal humans, honestly, not even Robotnik, because Robotnik himself is so cartoonish that it's fine when Robotnik is talking to Knuckles. I don't, I don't have any issues with that. But when Sonic is like, or like when Tom kneels down to hug Sonic, I'm just like, this is so fucking weird. <laughs> like, yeah, I also didn't buy the fucking father son dynamic that they they arced through. Like, oh, it is so weird that Sonic is supposed to be a fucking kid. Yeah. I don't know how to handle that. Not only that, but, like, it, and, like, I knew it was coming because, you know, the like, you know, early scene of the movie is, like, you're not my dad. And then, then he calls him, which calls him dad. And, like, you know, what what's the, the, the wife character says, like, let's go get our kid. It's, like, that yeah. felt weird. That felt, like, yeah. really weird. Um... But Especially I, because Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails are all, like, supposed to be the same age. And am I supposed to understand that Knuckles is a 12-year-old who is, like, out to avenge his father's death? Like, what? Yeah, I guess. And, like, presumably Tails, like, like we didn't get any tragic backstory from Tails, right? Like... Presumably, he's got parents out there. They're just like, where'd you go? <laughs> Where? Yeah, I mean, I didn't like Tails in the movie, just mostly because I think Tails was worse than... than like, ta like, Knuckles and Sonic had chemistry. Tails and Sonic did not. It's, uh, Sonic and Tails kind of... Tails just sort of shows up out of nowhere and kind of for no reason, it felt like, and almost felt more like a plot object than anything else, right? As this thing for... for Sonic to fret over more than a character to be to interact. Yeah. With. Also, like you know, the implication is like, yeah, I saw you on like the radio waves and I watched you all the time, 
And it's like in like in like this Panopticon that apparently he had access to, but no longer like like again, this is nitpicky bullshit, but like this is me being like what how did this work? How did any of this work? Um I also think that like as a character, Tails works better as kind of like a guy in the chair. Um, yeah. With like limited on screen kind of like almost like a Merlin in um in uh the the Kingsman series, um, uh, you know with like limited kind of like appearance in the actual plot, um, but you know, we didn't get that. We got like this weird kind of like super fanboy that like appeared out of nowhere and was just kind of like you know was there was there to be tales which that you know, was fine, um, but you know. And also, yeah, I don't because like yeah, yeah no, also the tails thing was very weird watching it on screen. I don't know why this never bothered me, but like obviously tails do not work that way. Animal tails cannot be, you know, they can't rotate rotated like a like a helicopter. Never bothered me for a second in the games. But the moment I saw it in the movie, I was just like, Ugh. like you know, like. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I think honestly, it's probably because the movie, the, the the games are so cartoonish that you're willing to let those leaps in logic work. But like, there's a moment where Knuckles, ha or no, Sonic has water in his quills, I guess, hair quills, and he's like brushing them, and they are moving, and I'm just like. Because, uh, like, it is, you know, it is, like, you're just not supposed to interact with it. The spikes are just blue spikes. I don't want to know the specifics of how the blue, blue spikes work in our reality, right? Especially when they're standing next to people whose whole faces are smaller than one of Sonic's giant eyes. Like, you know, like... Yeah. How dare you doubt the power of foxtails? I I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure to... tails is supposed to be like a reference to like uh, the 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 Kitsune, right? Like the, <laughs> <laughs> too lazy. In the chat says also says disbelief. Hedgehogs can't talk. They're also not blue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what else got me on this level? Okay. This is the other thing that I was just like, ah, it's weird. The gloves. The fact that they're wearing gloves, Ooh. right? So Sonic wears gloves, Knuckles wears these boxing gloves, right? And Tails also wears gloves. But the, and normally would not bother me, right? But the movie pays a special attention to the fist bump as a as a thing and includes multiple kind of close-ups on the the you know Knuckles' fists, Sonic's fists. They're doing they're doing this bit with like handshakes or whatever. And I could not look. I was just like. How did he get these gloves? Why does he wear the gloves at all times? Why does Knuckles... Does Knuckles have... The spikes... Red, does he have the spikes under the gloves? Because, like, you know, in, in, the, in the cartoons or whatever, you don't see it in those details. It, you never, like, get that close. But I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the seams, and I'm like, this is very clearly a boxing glove, right? That he's in, and I'm looking at the seam that's going out on, you know, on the outer edge. I'm just sitting there like, I, what? what? And it's just that, that level of thought that fucks with me so hard yeah no i mean I, again these are these are these are not like 
big criticisms of the movie. I yeah, don't these think. are not real. These are very not real criticisms. They are just fucking weird. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Also, we like, like the weird implied world building. Apparently, Sonic's dad fought with like Knuckles's mom. Uh, not Knuckles. No, no. no so, wait, Knuckles' dad, dad fought Sonic's mom, who was an owl. Well, not but like and... the, the, presumably their adopted mom, right? Like that's yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, and then Sonic's mom murders Knuckles' dad. Right? They're all dead. They murder that. each other, apparently. Yeah. So like, fuck. <laughs> and like, this is also like, also kind of hand waved away at the end of the movie that like you know, and it turns out both the echidnas and the owls were right in some way. They just had. Different philosophies on, like, how power should be used, I guess. Yeah, also, when when Knuckles picked up the fragments of the, the Chaos Emerald, the Master Emerald, and smushes it together, and by the way, he's boxing clubs, and there's a new Master Emerald, is that the Master Emerald, even though it lacks the previous seven emeralds that were used to create the Master? I was just like, hmm, what? I don't know, man. This movie's fucking weird. The last thing I want to talk about is Jim Carrey. Um, specifically, the ending of the movie, because Jim Carrey does, in fact, pilot a giant robot that actually looks like Eggman, like a, like a giant robot Eggman robot. And this part's great, and I have no notes, and I just wanted to mention that it's good. That's it. That's my whole Yeah, part. no, I mean, and, <laughs> like, the, they did some smart stuff with it, right? Like, it is a thing that is controlled by, you know, like, his weird emerald power, but he, like, built backup manual systems into it, which, you know, like, that's smart. Like, you know, I, I thought that was neat. I thought that was very neat. Yep. I, also thought, it was I th also thought that was neat and, and clever and cool and fun, right? Um, and a nice little twist in the third act uh, for Sonic. Oh, by the way, Sonic goes fucking Super Saiyan. Have we not mentioned this yet? Sonic goes Super Saiyan. And and uses his his Goku Super Saiyan powers to defeat I the mean, giant mech. That's that's classic Sonic using Chaos Emeralds though. So that's that's yeah, not yeah, that, that it, I'm I'm doing a I'm doing a bit here, oh. you know, okay. Fuck. <laughs> Fine. Actually Sonic does this by taking all of the Chaos Emeralds. Well, I mean it's turning into that but it's, but it's like a commonly known it's his final yeah, smash it is, smash it is, brothers it uh, i honestly am sure that if i was like a really hardcore I, you know uh, th there's this there's this one guy who i sometimes chat about he's like a wow guy on twitter um but i guess he's also a sonic fanboy, and um and he went ape shit you i think he saw sonic four times over the over the course of like the opening weekend and he was just like don't ruin the movie for anybody else you know, like there's some uh, there's some amazing stuff at the end of the movie, and I can't help but mention, I, and I can't help but expect that it is this, right? Um, I know, box if you're out there, buddy. I'm so glad that you got the Sonic movie you deserve. Like, <laughs> oh man. So you know, it's funny because you just reminded me of something that Super Saiyan Blue is like a form now. So I guess things have come full circle. Sonic transforms into into go Super Saiyan, and the Super Saiyans turn into Sonic. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't think about it. Is it called Super Saiyan Blue? Isn't that like there's a Saiyan God? There is a Super Saiyan Blue. I'm looking at the Dragon Ball wiki. Uh, Super Saiyan Blue. Uh, oh, alternate names is Super Saiyan God SS. Super Saiyan okay. God uh, SSB. 
Uh, it debuted in Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F in the movie. In the movies or Clash Freezer, whatever. I don't fucking give Wait, a shit. Wait, Resurrection F, that's the one where Frieza came back, right? That everybody freaked out about. Yeah, it, its debut in the mo- in the anime was Clash, exclamation point, Frieza versus Goku. This is the result of my training. Honestly, I don't care. I don't, I, you could not, <laughs> I, I do not care about Dragon Ball in any way, shape, or form. I want to care about, I, you know, I watched all the Dragon Ball when I was a kid, but, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I never, I, I, it's one of those things where I want to sit down and I want to be able to just like put it on, on my other screen and watch all of Dragon Ball again. But I don't think I would ever actually be able to do that. Yeah. It would just be like fucking impossible. I get that. No, I get that 100%. Anyway, I guess that's about it when it comes to, when it comes to Sonic oh. 2. By default, the best video game movie, but also m- not by a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to say that I thought it was, like, another nice callback was the instruction manual for the Robotnik was a Sega Genesis-style manual, yep. which I thought was great. Like, I, I, thought, I thought there were a lot of nice little touches. The thing I missed... Oh, the, the thing on the credits. The credits was, as like, a 16-bit pixel kind of recreation of the movie, movie right? It was yeah. just, like, uh, like, a greatest hits, all of the things that happened over the course of the movie. and uh, uh, But, like, done like it was a, you know, like a 16-bit Sega game. Um, something that I... Did, that I thought was a fast oversight was they didn't play the like drowning music when Sonic was drowning. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, that would have like, been fucked up, but cool. The, like he did the like swallow the air bubble thing, but I was fully expecting to hear like the thing because like you know that was so iconic. Um, yeah. Oh, and so there was one more thing to talk about, which is uh, the the post credit scene, the mid credit scene. Is there one at the very end of the movie? I did not stay for that. I did not either. I I, I, okay. I Google like I for every movie now, even ones that shouldn't have them, I Google to see if they have a post credit scene because some of them do. Um, and this one, I think, okay. just had the mid credits. But yes, go on. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. The mid credit scene is that Shadow the fucking head Hedgehog is. A thing who has apparently been on Earth for fifty years, and the general like knows about it. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know Sonic the Hedgehog lore, like basically at all. So I have no idea what any of that means. But so I one, I'm pretty sure the Sonic the Hedgehog lore in general doesn't apply here because I do know there is a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog lore that people care a lot about from an Archie Comics run. Like it, it had a comic on Archie Comics. Um, and apparently there's a lot, like, there's, there's like that, and there's also, I think, another run that have, like, a deep lore to them that are, like, supposed to be, like, very, very kind of complex and good, um, but that, uh, are mostly non-canon now. Um, so, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I have occasionally seen panels that are, like, some batshit nutso stuff happening, like, people turning to stone and, like, people, and, like, people crying about it. Um, I think the comics wow. is where Sally Acorn comes from originally, because I, I think she's original to the comics. I don't even know if she's been in a game. Um, what? The image results on this are sort of fucked up. How, how, how what's, the girl, what's the girl Sonic character? Amy Rose. Amy Rose. What is she? Is she a hedgehog? What is she? I guess... Oh, we're on the Sonic. We're on the Sonic wiki now. Okay. Also known as Rosie the Rascal. is a fictional character that appears in Sonic the Hedgehog series. Anthropomorphic Hedgehog with a major crush on Sonic. Okay. Yeah, because she is also in Sonic Heroes, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, apparently, there's, like, a fucking thing called the Super Genesis Wave that, like, 
merges like the multiple Sonic. Re- I don't. You know what? I can't go down this rabbit hole over on this podcast of understanding Sonic lore. Um, because like I googled Sally Acorn and there's two Sally Acorn entries. There's Sally Acorn pre Super Genesis Wave and Sally Acorn Archie, which I don't. I don't fucking. I don't fucking know. Uh, oh my god! I'm like going down a rabbit hole now. I am now on Team Chaotix, which features Vector the Crocodile, Espio the Chameleon, and Charmy B, who run the Chaotix Detective Agency. Despite being a Gucci bunch is not as involved in the ongoing world spinning conflicts as often in Sonic the Hedgehog and his other allies, Team Chaotix are nonetheless a competent trio when the need arises and are always ready to lend a hand when the world is in danger. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, apparently the original, com- maybe the original comics is what I'm thinking of with the, by Ken Penders who had a lawsuit against Archie over the Sonic comics. There's like, so much. You know what? We're, we're not going to go. Any, we're, we're not going to get it. Yeah, I, we're, there's no way we're going to get all the way to the bottom of this. Um, Rouge is Sonic. Who the fuck is Rouge? Oh, Rouge I the Bat? Rouge is. Rouge is the Bat, right? Rouge, yeah. is, Rouge is the sexy one. Yeah, Rouge is the Bat who is a member of... See, uh, the, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember Rouge because in Sonic Heroes, she's she is the Tails in Shadow the Hedgehog's like, special team. Have you heard of Sonic Dreams Collection? Mm-mm. Oh, is that the one the fan games that they like actually published? So, this no, no no that's a different thing. The Sonic Dreams Collection is a weird dystopic fan game that involves a pregnant Sonic and going inside of like and going inside of pregnant Sonic and finding like Big and the Cat inside of Sonic's like they're finding Big and the Cat inside of Sonic's intestines. Uh yeah. Um, you know, I do know Big the Cat because he was also in Sonic Heroes. I will, I will find. Lore, I guess there is a. Uh, of course, you can watch a thousand different. Uh, you know what's it called? Uh, uh you know YouTubers doing it. But I'm going to recommend the, the two best friends play version of Sonic Dreams. Uh, Sonic, um, because I used to like them back when they were a thing before you know, before the end times. Uh, but you know, it is, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's fucking nuts. Uh, and I recommend looking up, uh, something, uh, uh, looking up, uh, looking up uh, a playthrough of it just to see how weird it is. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all we're going to say, I guess, about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's funny. You mentioned Kings uh, uh, Kingsman earlier. I did finally see the King's Man, oh, how- uh, which is the which is the prequel in on HBO Max, which I quite enjoyed up until Rasputin died, and then it was fine. Um, Rasputin was the best part of that movie in my opinion. I have not seen seen it. Is it good or is oh, it? Oh wait, I thought you told. Didn't you tell me to watch this movie? No, I've not. Oh, okay, fuck. What was the movie that you watched? It was like this. And you were like, you should watch this. Uh, I guess I'm not gonna remember. But whatever. It wasn't movie, movie, movie. Good, uh, though. Also very weird and kind of funny that it got made um, because it 
it has a couple of like really sweet plot twists that I did not see coming, but were actually very cool when they played out, um, which is interesting, right? Like it is not the kind of, uh, I don't know. It's not the kind of uh, thing you would expect. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's uh was that like a, a soft recommend again for Kingsman or, or is it a hard, yeah, no, it's a soft. It, it is a good movie to watch when you're just. It's Saturday night. You got nothing going on, and you're just like, man, I wanna, I wanna find something. Go to HBO Max. Turn on Kingsman. A+. All right, that's that's fair enough. Um, anything else that you did particularly exceptional with your week? Uh, you know, I did a lot of I did a lot of stuff. The big thing that's been happening with my week is there's a new Stellaris DLC that is not out yet that I want to play so bad because I have the itch to go back to Solaris. Basically, I went to I went back to to Warhammer 3 um, and I started playing a little Warhammer 3 and even though I like a lot of the changes including the change that I literally recommend and they took word for word um, which I'm very proud of. Um, I kind of realized that I, you know, I you know, I put 100 hours in that game when it first came out. I'm a little burnt. I was like, "Ow." I want to wait. I want to wait. When I get when I get a new thing to play, I'll come back to the game, right? When I get a new, you know, Chaos Dwarves or um, new units or whatever, something kind of along those lines. Right now, Warhammer 3 feels very um, kind of samey and linear because uh, the, the rosters are sort of lacking a lot of diversity that you get in the later game DLC stuff when DLCs kind of pop up and, and fill out these army rosters so you have more more kind of diverse units. Um, because those DLCs don't exist, the, the, the rosters, you don't have a lot of variety in the armies that you can make. Um, and, and that's just a natural consequence of the new game in the series versus coming from the end of Warhammer 2 where you have half a dozen legendary lords and all of these race packs that are adding a bunch of different characters and a bunch of different, you know, lord types and a bunch of different hero types. And you can make really varied, diverse armies that have, you know, kind of interesting um, and, like, unique mechanics that you're playing around. There's just not that kind of diversity in the game yet. So my thing is I'm just – I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until, like, the first race pack comes out or maybe Immortal Empires comes out and I can go back and play some of those, you know, old versions um, of the of the Warhammer 2 races uh, in the new – in the new uh, – world of warhammer 3 um and then i was like you know what i really want to play though i do want to play a strategy game i want to play stellaris i want to go into stellaris and then i looked up and i was like i wonder if there's any new dlc that i miss and there is one dlc that i miss which is nemesis which is the one where you become the the, the end game crisis yes. right yeah you become the bad guy or also you save the world against bad guys it's it is uh you know it was a dlc all about making the late game really you know like better um and more just like more stuff going on right uh and then i saw that there is another a second new dlc that is coming up and is i want to say like right around the corner because it got announced you know typically these get announced soon like like right around when they're when they're going to come out um anyway and the new one is overlord right um which is also about expanding the end game but also just kind of expanding um you know the 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 raw empire building um of your 
of your civilization, right? So you have better ways to get vassals and specialize your vassals to do specific things. Um, you know, you have new abilities to bring, you know, did like planets and stuff under your control, new mega structures, all that kind of stuff, uh, which I really, which I, th that is perfect for me, right? The thing that attracts me to Stellaris are the really complex uh, empire, empire building mechanics. And I guess this got announced on March 17th is when is when this got announced about a month ago um, but they haven't announced the release date which is which is killing me because I just want I just want this thing to be out so I have had to I have had to make do by playing Battletech uh, which is a, which is not quite the strategy game that I want but it is just you know a tactics game that is that is fun to to dick around with and I was playing a bunch of uh, Battletech over the weekend and that's kind of been my 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 game that that I'm going hard on. The thing that the thing that's interesting to me about BattleTech is how different it feels to play the game when you are randomizing your starting units. Um, this is the second time that I've played a brand new campaign, and I've done this a couple of times now, right? Um, but it's the second time I'm playing a brand new campaign, and I have all I have just a completely different array of mechs compared to the last time I played. And I was just like, man, this really does feel like a whole new game because I am playing with a, you know, like with a set of mechs that are that are asking me to build my my, you know, kind of loadouts in in a particular way. And I actually I'm doing Iron Man and I really fucked up, so I had to restart. Um and then I got to play with a completely new brand new set of mechs, right? Um and I just think that that, that stuff is cool and that stuff is interesting. Uh, ooh, excuse me. I don't really have anything more than that when it comes to uh, when it comes to the week, but I just wanted to I just wanted to mention it because did, it's cool. Did Did you ever go back to Elden Ring or have you given up? I uninstalled Elden Ring. Really? I went. I did one more attempt on that boss, and um, and I thought it was bullshit, and I uninstalled Elden Ring to free up space for BattleTech. <laughs> I also just wanted to play a strategy game. Yeah, I, you know, enough. I felt um, um, I I've been raiding a lot in WoW, and I've been like doing a lot of like mythics and stuff. And we're, you know, we're 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 now playing uh, alliance characters because in nine point one or nine point two point five, we'll be able to play cross faction, right? So my friends and I have been gearing up uh, these these alternate alliance characters. I'm playing a frost mage because the, my favorite of the mage covenant abilities, where you turn into a skeleton for a minute and your frost bolts cleave, um, that build is meta right now. And I'm like, ooh, that's sweet. That that is a very cool, fun build. Um, anyway, the uh. I, I realized I was like I was like man I have been playing so many of these like really twitchy action games that I just like need to slow the fuck down right like I just don't want to be like destroying my wrists right over and over again um, which is which is why I started thinking about playing you know Warhammer and then Stellaris and then and then BattleTech also it let me do stuff like watch Thelma and Louise have you ever seen the movie Thelma and Louise No I'm familiar but no. <laughs> It let it gave me the opportunity to watch Thelma and Louise on my other stream. Some something that, uh, um, something that I like to do every once in a while is I will just go to HBO Max or um, uh, Netflix or like Hulu or something, and I will sort their movies from A to Z, and I will just start going through until I see something that I'm like, ooh. 
and it piques my interest. And that's exactly what happened because I've seen Thelma and Louise. I know it's a famous movie. It's obviously it's directed by Ridley Scott, um, you know, starring Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon, um, iconically driving off the cliff in the Grand Canyon as they as they choose to commit suicide. Uh, but I just like don't really remember all that much about about the movie um and i actually really really freaking liked it to be honest um mostly because it is very focused in like monument valley and i think that's just like the most beautiful landscape you never set a fucking movie in right it's like you know the mesas of uh southern southern utah fair enough fair enough um yeah um well for my part i uh, i played more elden ring i am 93 almost hours in at this point um i have basically i have basically beaten the like i finally like went to the top of the altus plateau because i ran out of other things to do or things that i could reasonably mm-hmm. do um I haven't finished the dragon barrow because some of it's like like the some of the stuff's just a little bit beyond what I want to like do repetitions on and I haven't uh and then there's like an, an, an extra area like I did all of a particular quest I don't want to do spoilers for people at home who might care um I have done all of a particular quest line that starts in the second area which should be enough to to put the things through but I ended up doing a lot of stuff underground I have done so much like random stuff that's been super fun um but I'm finally advancing the story and I kind of like, I burnt out for a second cause I was just like, you know, I like, like I'm a little bit over level for Altus, Altus Plateau. Um, and, uh, this isn't too big a spoiler, but I got to an area and the boss or the boss for this area is two tree sentinels, which is just kind of like, my God, I hated this fight the first time. I just don't like the mounted fights. Um, and this one's it. I find that anything with multiple enemies in this game has this kind of problem that you've that you've identified with the abductors, um, which I think is the worst with the abductors. But like, it's not like splitting your attention between two large creatures is hard to do, and they kind of like interact with each other weird, um, and uh, it's not the best. I don't think it's the best fights in the game. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, it, it feels like there's a lot of like artificial ish difficulty based around kind of like. Having to like it doesn't feel based around I don't know based around some of the camera stuff is, is what I think you identified and I think that that's fair. Um, I also just don't particularly like the mounted combat, which I assume would be better if I was doing the mounted combat, but I just you know it just doesn't work out super well for me. Um, but yeah, um, and the other big thing it did is yesterday I uh, I jumped back into Crusader Kings three. Um, cause it was Easter and I was like, I'm going to do a crusade on Easter and that's going to be, uh, you know, vaguely thematically appropriate. Um, and I did, we won the first crusade. We lost the second crusade. I played, I started as, um, a count level ruler on Sardinia. Um, I very quickly formed, uh, the kingdom of Sardinia and Corsica. And so I've been doing that thing. Um, and it's been super fun. Uh, you know, uh, just kind of like, like very isolated, like, you know, so uh, the first, so I get uh, like jihaded by some Muslims 
And uh, I managed to drive them off the first time, mostly by like being very lucky and very strategic in that like I managed to like knock down their one stack before their second like allied stack showed up and I was able to like ping pong and knock the two down. And so they never combined mm -hmm. to like wipe out my one big stack. But then after the first crusade, I, uh, I got enough out of that one crusade to like form a holy order. And a couple different times, the, uh, uh, the Muslims decided to invade and I could just hire the holy order for free. And they were very, uh, they were very happy to like help me help me smack down uh, my opponents. So, you know, it's been a it's been a fun thing. I'm just kind of like rolling through, killing people or you know, uh, taking territory. Um, haven't launched any offensive wars against the Muslims yet because North Africa seems like it's going to be tricky to, to take. But you know, uh, it's been it's been a it's been a time. Um, otherwise, I don't know if I watched anything particularly compelling on YouTube lately. Um, which is are like, you are you excited for Better Call Saul season six? I am vaguely. The thing I, I, I apparently I sent you this that Walter White and Jesse Pinkman are coming back. Uh, yeah, which my my hope is that it is uh, it is very minor. I would be kind of pissed if it was anything more substantial. Than... Yeah. Also, they're not great about like reintroduce. Like I don't know. The thing that sticks in my head is because um, I watched all of. Uh, Breaking Bad and um, what's the name of the the movie El Camero or El Camino El Camino and like Todd like very obviously gained some weight in between Breaking Bad and El Camino and they didn't like do anything to hide it so who knows uh, yeah. yeah I mean I like the way that they brought in uh, uh, Hank Schrader and Steve Gomez um, as you know DEA agents because I think that those two cameos in the fifth season of better call Saul worked really well especially because like the, you know obviously breaking bad starts in a place where crazy eight is an is a is a dea informant um and everything and so like explaining the backstory of that i think has been very cool and and very fun the thing that's crazy to me about Better Call Saul and uh, Walt and Jesse showing up is that the whole genesis of Better Call Saul, and we talked about this in our Better Call Saul like big review episode, is in one in the in their first meeting with Saul, he says, um, "I had nothing to do with it. It was all Nacho." And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "Lalo didn't send you guys, right?" And so we have met Nacho. Mm. We have met. Lalo, but we don't know what that thing is that Saul theoretically has done. And I don't know. I'm just, uh, honestly, Better Call Saul being the best show on television is like crazy, but it is insane how good the, the, the somebody, somebody pointed this out on Twitter. The 15 year run of Breaking Bad to Better Call Saul is all good right like it is wall-to-wall -wall bangers which is frankly unprecedented i don't think i it, like i don't think i could name anything that went on for 15 years and was that amazing right um so damn actually that's not true i can name one thing which is the venture brothers <laughs> uh, i'm actually i am kind of excited to see what they do to resolve kind of like the once a season kind of like view into the post Breaking Bad uh, thing, because uh, yeah, you know, I've Gene Gene the uh, Cinnabon the, manager the guy managing a Cinnabon in Omaha. 
Yeah. I wonder, like, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like it could have used a little bit more of that over the course of the seasons. Like, I thought it was, like, I don't know. I, I was naturally interested in that, even though, like, you know, it's not the point. But, you know. Uh, yeah, there's a cool episode. Do you, have you ever heard of American Greed? No. American Greed is a CBS show that is about essentially just, you know, people like criminals, but like uh, like criminals with huge money amounts, right, uh, which are like white collar criminals or, or drug dealers or whatever. And they did an episode on Saul Goodman, like a fictional episode on, um, or I guess James McGill. Um, and it's it's not that long. It's on YouTube. It's like it's only like ten minutes long. But I I thought that was sweet. I thought that was that was very cool to watch. Hmm. I'll have I'll have to give I'll have to give it a look. Um. Because you know like. I don't like I like like I like the memes because like he's he is, for the most part, like as a lawyer, he's just kind of like a zealous you know, a zealous advocate for his clients, right? Like yep. I have seen, <laughs> I have seen some, some memes, right. About like him serving as the defender for like various sundry, terrible, like real people. Right. And be like, your honor, you know, like, you know, who of us hasn't had a bad day or whatever. Right. Like, um, type of stuff, uh, which I thought was, which I thought, which I always find super entertaining, but you know, mm-hmm. um, it's, it is, it is supposed to be one of the more realistic, like, Depictions of lawyers in, in television, if, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, so yeah, I, know, I thought that I, I I enjoy the show, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, what else? We got ten ish minutes left. If we got anything to talk about, oh, uh, this is something I started Chapter House Dune on audiobook. Um, nice. Um, and this is after I finished um, Inappropriately Human, which is a which I want to highly recommend. It's a collection of short stories. Um, I'll put a link in the description. Um, it's uh, it's one of the podcasts I listen to. Or he's the host of several of the podcasts I listen to. A guy's named Andrew Heaton, um, and he just did a uh, like he he has over the past the way he put it, it's like over the past like 10, 15 years he has been like writing these stories and kind of always had them on the back shelf and he finally decided to like put them together into a collection and they're mostly science fiction. Some of them are not, um, and like he's got like. Oh, if you if you follow him, you'll you'll recognize some stuff, right? Like a lot of characters come from Oklahoma, uh, like uh, he he did, um, and so uh, you know he. Uh, uh, I thought that was excellent. Chapter House Dune has been good so far, um, although it is slowly falling into kind of like Mango's Iron Law of world building, as in things are getting stupider faster. Um, like the uh, in the last book, um, it's revealed that like one of the major factions is like a descendant through the ages of uh, Sunni Islam. Um, and like, it's like a syncretism between Zen and Sunniism. Um, mm-hmm. And in this book, they have revealed that like uh, the Jews exist in space as well. And they have secret Israel. And it's like, this is kind of like getting like, you know, it was, I think it was better in the early books where it was kind of like very, it was like, you know, they use a lot of the terms. And it was clear that like, these are like traditions that kind of like survived and been warped over like the 10,000 years that we've been in space. Um, whereas the things that are more direct, I don't think are as good, but you know, it's still entertaining. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting series. So I, I want to, uh, recommend it. Um, yeah. Uh, oi. Oh, we've got a, we've got a chat from a, a first time viewer. It looks like he's talking about 
Metroid Prime. Uh, thanks for the comment, Dark Sage nine nine seventeen nine one seventeen. Uh, so honestly, uh, I don't know anything about Metroid. Like, have you played any Metroid, buddy? I played Metroid Prime one and two, and by the way, Metroid Prime two Echoes has one of the bangerest soundtrack bangers of all fucking time. Um, I have no idea though, because I do know that they made a Metroid Prime. I want to say Metroid Prime three. They right? did. They, the they have made. They have made three of them. They announced the fourth one, which was announced mm, three or four years ago, um, and they and they twenty seventeen. Uh, and they they they. Uh, they scrapped and started development, like they restarted development on Metroid Prime Four, um, and we haven't seen. Oh, really? It. Yeah, we haven't seen anything of it besides like a four floating okay. in space. Um, yeah, I know in many games you see the classic villain dies and then comes back, but I'm not sure the series should do that. While I liked Dark Samus, Metroid Prime, and the story arc we got, Dark Samus being you know like the main sort of villain of Metroid Prime, I wonder how you do a fourth game and keep the plot going without Metroid Prime being in it. Yeah, like, I think the thing that me attracts me most to Metroid Prime is, you know, doing kind of a, a Metroidvania in the 3D sort of first-person shooter, like, world, compared to something like Dread, right, which is Metroidvania 2D uh, side-scrolling. Um, and maybe it is just all about the... Uh, just like kind of the approach to I'm trying to think of the like the like uh, like like a, the mechanics set right well the thing that makes the Metroid Prime game a Metroid Prime game is less the lore and more the mechanics set of this third person you know FPS game which reminds me of like Metroid I want to say Metroid Prime Hunters um yeah, I played the shit out of this game. Metroid Prime Hunters was a DS game where there were six different of these, like, hunter characters. Uh, they were all mercenaries that were competing against Samus, and they all had their, like, unique stuff. And I sort of wonder if that is sort of what they're going for, right? Where it is taking the mechanic set of Metroid Prime, but the story itself isn't necessarily... Um, related all that much to the other Metroid Prime's uh, stories. Yeah, I, I, I think that game was not well received because it basically wasn't Samus. Um, yeah, uh, but I, like I said, I've played a bunch of Dread, but that's about it. Metroid, Metroid Dread, like the new one for the Switch, which is good, but you know, I don't know. Um, it's weird. I, I tend to like Metroidvanias, but I've never been a particular fan of the Metroid games in particular. Um, but yeah, well, thanks for the, uh, the, the, the thoughts, Dark Sage. I, I, yeah. I just don't have anything to contribute. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, friend of the cast, uh, X the other day asked me if I had anything on my gaming radar that I was looking forward to. Uh, the only thing I can think of is, like, Victoria 3 from Paradox. <laughs> um, That's a good one. But, like, I feel like we, we, like, hit a lot of the big ones, right? Like, we hit... Mango, they're never going to do a Victoria 3. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's a meme. <laughs> Vicky 3. Yeah. No, Victoria 3 is on my radar. Yeah. Obviously, the Stellaris DLC is on my radar. I don't know, man. We're going to get the new WoW expansion tomorrow. Right. Yeah, the announcement. Announce yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe that's what we'll do for a cast is going over that. The, uh, the other series I have an interesting theory on is Assassin's Creed and where the franchise might go. That's definitely interesting. I like Assassin's Creed a lot, but I was always very surprised at how um, 
at how they took that series to kind of be this historical open world game. Like it, it is at this point a historical open world RPG, which is very cool, right? But you know, if you had told me ten years ago that we were going to have more Assassin's Creed games that don't feature assassins in the modern day, I would have called you a lunatic because that seemed so clearly what they were building. Yeah, up I was going to say my, my my theory for a long time was that one of the games was going to be you wake up and you, it turns out you are playing a person in the far future playing, uh, like doing the, the simulation thing on people in the modern day who are, who are then doing the simulations. Like, you know, it would be two levels of, does that make sense? Mm. Um, I thought that's what's going to happen, but then, you know, it didn't, maybe it will happen at some point. Um, when they finally decide they've milked that cow for all it's worth. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I also haven't, I played like the, uh, I've, I've played basically, I want to, I want to call it Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, which is, is that, is that, is that the name of, I don't even know what the name of it is. Um, Valhalla, that's, that's the real name of it. Yeah, Valhalla. Um, uh, so yeah, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like there's like, like 2022 blew its load, forgive the expression, on, uh, on games Very real quickly. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I feel like there's like something nagging in the back of my mind that there's something else that's going to come out, but I, I just don't know and I don't particularly care. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well, I guess that's about it. Yeah, we've 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 kind of uh, you know limped across the finish line here. I'm going to say that uh, that's our show for tonight. If you'd like to email us, and tell us what you think about Sonic Two or any of the other things we talked about in the podcast, you can reach us at simdriftplaygames at gmail.com or podcast at simdriftplaygames.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash simdriftplaygames where these episodes go out live. We've got a YouTube channel. Um, these these are loaded primarily to SoundCloud. You can find us on all the podcatchers. We've got a Patreon too if you feel like um, giving us money. Um, but uh, that's everything I have. But do you have anything else you want to promote? Uh, you know, this week I am doing another in-development stream for Astrea, Six-Sided Oracles. Last time I was able to beat my run on the stream. I took the whole two hours and I and I beat the game for the first time on stream, which was really sweet. And this time we're doing, we're doing that again, hopefully. But for um, the second main character, Solarius the Shark, rather than Mooney the Owl. Um, and then also, movie night this week, ironically, is Sonic the Hedgehog. Because first I, people voted for it. Yep. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my choice. But if you want to go see the first Sonic the Hedgehog, you want to come see the first Sonic the Hedgehog, it's, it is this Friday. I, I am just waiting for you one of these days. Just go, I am the Senate, and like overrule the votes. <laughs> I do want to do that. I do want to do that pretty bad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm going to say with that, uh, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.